Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I entitled my message tonight, Can You Hear He's Calling You? Can you hear He's Calling You? To say one more time, can you hear He's Calling You? And I've entitled that because I have discovered for now 42 years, come on baby, (laughs) that God calls you and He's calling you. There's a whisper in the wind. There's a whisper in the wind. Get out there by yourself with God. God's calling you. But here's the thing, are you listening? You can't hear God if you're talking all the time. You can't hear God if you're offering your opinion to God all the time. You can't hear God if you're always offering your own opinion to you all the time. You have to stop talking and say, God, I'm listening. Speak to me. You tell God, God, I'm listening, speak to me. And God, speak to me through your word. Speak to me through people, Lord, who you have spoken to already. To get anywhere in following the Lord, don't make it up when you're 19. Think, well, I know what I'm on about. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You need to get behind people who've been doing it for decades and get in the slipstream of what they discovered and what God said. And when they've got fruit, you need to ask them, how did you get there? How did that happen? So that you learn how to hear God in reality, not in what we think is the way God speaks to us. So in Jude and... uh, Jude verse 1, it says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. And he writes, to those who are called. Straight up, boom. To those who are called. Everybody, to those who are called, you are called. It goes on and says, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that right here, Jude is talking to the church and he's saying, hey, to those who are called. You didn't just rock up to church because the tennis wasn't on. You didn't just rock up to church because you had nothing else to do. But you rock up to church, even if you're not a Christian yet and you're here tonight, you rocked up not because you have a friend who's a Christian, not because you have uh, the internet and you suddenly saw an ad or whatever. No, you're here because God's calling you. He's calling you. You end up in the church and Jude nails it. He says, to the called, come on. And then he's he's really also continuing on by saying those who have been sanctified. So he's saying... You were called and you responded to God and now you've been made holy. You've been been made righteous by God, by our Father, and now you're being preserved in Jesus Christ. Everybody be preserved. (laughs) Understand God wants to preserve your life and He wants to preserve you in eternity. But you gotta know He's calling you. He's calling you. Can you hear Him? Can you, are you hearing Him in the wind? Or have you got too much distraction? Too much social media? Too many things that are distraction? And I'm not saying don't uh, have social media. I am saying, well, maybe for some person you need to not have social media. But you may need to just go, hey, I need to limit that because I can't hear God right now. And by the way, we need to realise everybody, if you are not in your Bible, if you are not in your Bible with the Bible app, which I like to hear the Word of God and uh, more than, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing. So I hear the Word of God, but what I do is I'm doing word studies, I'm doing passage studies and I'll read it. But if you're not reading and hearing the Word of God, listen, the enemy's already got you. 
He's already got you. You're already in trouble. If you bounced hearing God's Word in the morning, if you bounce your prayer time with God, you're, and I like to pray and walk, find me in a park in Perth, find me by the beach. I'm praying. As soon as I get past somebody, I'm really letting loose and I'm praying, but I'm guarding. You may have seen me. Somebody walked up to me, jumped on me once. They said, Pastor, and I heard you from down there. I was like, oh, well, okay. But you need to be like that. But if you if you're not on your if you're not got your Bible app out and you're not hearing it, you're not reading it. Listen, you're in trouble already. The enemy picks up the lone sheep. He picks up the sheep that knows better than God. I don't know better than God. I need to hear him every day. And I need to I need to if you like take out the voice of the world and put in the voice of God. Come on, I need to take out the voice of the world and put in the voice of God. There's not one journalist or magazine writer that I want to hear from. I'm sorry, I just don't want to hear from you. You got a degree in two years and now you're telling the world how it should be. No, go change the world, then come back and tell us. (laughs) Jesus changed the world in three years. Change the world. Change the world. History, music, art. The most beautiful is all to, is to Him. Go to Europe, travel around. I was just shocked when I lived there. Oh my gosh, another painting of Jesus. Another building built to the glory of Jesus. Why? Because He died on the cross and He spoke for three years. He lived, ministered, touched people, saved people, people got healed. Then He rose from the dead. And uh, Europe is such a testament to it. But we get caught up in people who's like, what, what have you said and done? Nothing. <laughs> Do not let people have an influence in your life. But when I saw who Jesus was, how He changed the world, how He changed history, how He's the only God. He is the only God. He's the only God who died for me. The rest of them are telling me what to do. And one of them is telling me that if I leave Him, He's going to have me killed. That's one of the religions. Jesus says, hey, no, come unto me. Those who are tired, weak, worn out, come to me. You're heavy laden and I'll give you rest for your heart and soul. Thanks, I'll come to Him. And I did, and I did. Went on and says, mercy, peace and love be multiplied to you. Listen everybody, God's called you and He's called you in when you're broken. He's called you in when you're imperfect. He called you when you're in sin. Some of you tonight, you're in sin. Listen, God wants you to stop sabotaging yourself. Sin hurts you. And, uh, and here's what, why sin is so bad, because it doesn't affect God's love for me. When I, even when I'm sinning, God still loves me. The problem is it affects my love for Him. Sin will numb your heart. Sin will numb your mind. Sin will numb you hearing God's voice. And that's why it's so dangerous for believers and so dangerous for non-believers because you can't hear anything. And when people talk to you about Jesus and God in the Bible, you're like, what? Uh, what did you say? What? what? You can't hear it, but when you say, right, Lord, help me now to walk in your grace, grace to be holy. Jesus caused me to follow you. Lord, help me to give those things that are trying to block my hearing to you. God goes, I'll take them and I'll grace you now to follow me. And as you walk in God's grace to be holy, then you begin to hear God. And what God's usually saying to me is, I love you. I'm for you. And God will say, don't stop now. I've got a great plan for you. Listen, God will use your present and past circumstances, everybody, to make you more useful. God will use your present and past circumstances. You think, my past is terrible. My circumstances now are not good. Listen, give them to God. Give them to God. Give them to God. Say, God, here's my past. 
Here's my current circumstances. Give God your, give God everything. Give God your body. The Bible says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable under God. God, here's my body. Here's my mind. Here's my mouth. Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Lord, I'm giving you my mouth. I don't want to give you my mouth. I want to give you my mouth. I don't want to give you my mouth. God goes, give me your mouth. (laughs) Lord, here's my mouth. Clean it up. Lord, here's my spirit. God, I give it to you. Take my body, Jesus. And Lord, use my past. Listen, if you give God your current circumstances and you give God your past, and rather than just keep going over your past, oh, I can't believe it's so bad, it's so terrible, which I have done that. But the point came where I had to say, look, I can't change the past, but I know this, God can change the future. And if you'll give... And if you give God your current circumstances and your past, God will give you, uh, I'm telling you now, uh, a future role in His unfolding story. God will give you a future role in His unfolding story. Don't force it. Don't try and make it happen through your own strength. Don't tell people how spiritual you are. Don't tell people how much you're doing, how much you pray, how anointed you are. We don't want to hear that. We just want to see you get on for God. Get serving, get caring, get loving. And God goes, I will position you as you do that myself and I will use you in my unfolding story. How good is that? By the way, our circumstances may change slowly at times. Sometimes our circumstances are changing slowly and we're so annoyed. Anybody had circumstances and you want them to change like now? And uh, sometimes they do. I've had circumstances, I'm like, Lord, how did that happen? It's like overnight, boom. How did that happen? Overnight, boom. (laughs) How's how's that occurred? And, uh, And sometimes God's doing that. But other times it's not happening. But here's what I discovered, even though it's slow at the moment. By the way, God will let it be slow to see if you'll still love Him and serve Him when nothing's happening. Faith is loving God when nothing's happening. Faith is serving God when you didn't get what you wanted. That's why there's not heaps of faith people. Because most people, Lord, you got 2.30, you got to 2.30 on Sunday afternoon or I'm out of here. And God's like, see ya. (laughs) Because here's the really challenging bit. God will use somebody else. If you won't step up for what God's calling you to do, God will get somebody in. I think Sue and I were probably about five or six down the pale for people who meant to do what some of the things that we did. That's what I believe. I think God tried to get some Christians from Christian heritages to do some stuff. And they were so, hey, we're third generation Christians. But they wouldn't be flexible. They wouldn't be teachable. So God's like angels, you know, like these people. Three and four generation Christians. God's like, oh, why? Because they get, you can, you can get religiously proud. So God's like, okay, I got through four of those people I can't work with, four couples or four families. He's like, let's get somebody broken. Jared and Sue. Let's get the most broken people, one from England, one from Australia, put them together. And then, okay, they're up to bat. And Sue and I are like, wow, okay. And then people are like, hey, let's put you there. Sue and I are just helping and serving. We're so broken. But we're like, we're here. When we became Christians, we realised there's nowhere else to go. When we became Christians, everybody, we realised there's nowhere to go. Been in the club, been in the party, been in the ditch, been in the up. Where you're going to? Where you're running off to with your life that's so amazing that you don't need God or His church? Where where are you going? I want to go and follow some of you. (laughs) Follow you home. What, What are they doing? 
Don't need God. Some got off to some life. What, what's this life you all got? Probably in some, probably some one bedroom boring a flat. <laughs> Watching weird computer games. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not against computer games. But, but I'm like, what's it, what are these people doing? I've been out to some good places. You know, I lived in London for six years. Out with all creative people in London. I've been to some good places and I was still bored. So when I meet people and they're like, oh, they're off over here. I'm like, where are you going to? Are you just yeah. drinking? I know what you're doing. Because I did all that and was bored out of my brain by the time I was 19. Yeah. I was like, is this it? Yeah. Is this life? And yeah. God goes, no, no, listen to me. I'm calling you. Yeah. I'm calling you. God was calling me. <laughs> so don't be put off everybody. God may be moving slowly in your circumstances, but He's constantly on the move. God is constantly on the move. God is constantly on the move. He's on the move right now in your life. And if you respond to Him, you'll see that movement. You'll see that movement. 1 Peter 2.9, but you're a chosen generation. Look at that, God chose us, oh my gosh. He, he said, come on, He's calling us. And He says, I've chosen you, but He's looking for us to respond to that choosing. And the Bible goes on and says, He's called you out of darkness into His marvellous light. Listen, God's called you out of His darkness, sorry, out of darkness into His marvellous light. So God came and called you. Okay, saying, come on. God's saying tonight, He's going to get out of that darkness. Get out of that black hole you're in. Get out of that, those friendships. They're pulling you into a pit. Get out. Get, come, get out. <laughs> God's going, come on into my light. And you might say, well, look, I've just got problems. I've got so many problems. I've got so many problems. Here's the good news. If you've got problems, we can pray. If you've got problems, you can pray. Come on, you can pray and we can pray for you. And by the way, prayer isn't to remind God what our problems are. I don't pray to say, well, Lord, just in case you're wondering what my problems are, God goes, I got a good handle on them. God's got a handle on your problems. You don't need to pray and remind God what your problems are. We pray, listen, it's to remind our problems who God is. <laughs> Come on, you need to pray and remind your problems. God is bigger. God is greater. God is able. If God can get that crazy out of <laughs> me, out of my life, into a new life, He can get you out. You're not too tough for God. You just need to respond to His calling. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, God who has saved and called us with a holy calling. When you see that word holy, holy calling, holy doesn't mean that we take a picture of you now like they did in the foyer for the 25th and put a gold frame around you and a circle and then a gold frame and then put you up. You're holy now. I'd like to see some of you with that. Pastor Luke could have a nice gold, gold frame. You've got one. That is not holiness. The word holy means to separate. When God calls us to be holy, He means I'm separating you from something. 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 I'm separating you from someone. 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 I'm separating you from somewhere. I'm separating you from somewhere. Oh, it's got very silent then. 
That was like Church of the Chosen Frozen. What happened? <laughs> what was I touching on? Everybody got quiet. Everybody, God's separating you. Yes. Separates you from something. Yes. And uh, because He's called us and His calling, it's a holy calling. Yeah. His touch is on it, yeah. but His separation is on it. Yeah. God called Sue and I both to leave people. We were leave, leave there. He called Sue, leave London, England. She's a Londoner, leave there. Go to Sydney, she went to Sydney, got, became a Christian in Sydney. Yeah. Me, leave, <laughs> leave the city, go to the countryside. Oh my gosh. My beginning of my Christian walk was like being on the Waltons for everybody who's old. <laughs> yeah. And I had to go, Lord, what are you doing? I'm, trying, I'm a city person. And God's like, no, I'm getting you out of the world. Taking you out of the city to get the world out of you. Here's the thing. God doesn't choose the worthy. God chooses the willing. God doesn't choose the worthy. God chooses the willing. If you're willing, God goes, right, I'll choose you. And He already knows your choice. Here's the thing. God knows meaning from the end, the end, from the beginning. God knows what you've already chosen. Did you know that? God knows at the end of your life already your choices. You think, well, He doesn't know what I might choose. Yeah, He does. He knows already what you've done. He knows what you do tonight. He knows what you do next week. So God doesn't choose those who think they're worthy in their own strength. He chooses the willing. Who will follow me? Who will let go of the past? Who will stand up for me? Who will lie down and be healed in the house of God? Do you know why some people who've got, they're in church, they've got broken backgrounds like Sue and I. Do you know the reason why I'm where I'm at in life and the reason why you may not get there? I'm going to tell you. Do you want to know? Some of you don't want to know. You all look worried. Okay. Because you won't lie down. You won't lay down in the church. Sue and I both, we were like, we were, we were, we were cool 20-year-olds. And we had, we, the, the world was offering us everything. But Sue and I stopped and held hands and said, God, help us now to stop and lay down in your church. Help us to stay and get healed. Help us, Lord, to, to stop trying to control people and being offended every five seconds. Control, offence is always about control. Stop trying to control people. So when I laid down, and so that's the only difference between your new life and you continuing in your broken life, is that will you lay down? And for everybody who's from Christian backgrounds, the only reason you're not quite in your calling yet is because your family didn't lay down for three generations. What does that mean? If you lay down, it means that you take the posture of sitting down and serving and saying, how can I help in the house of God? How can I help in the house of God? How can I help in the house of God? How can we serve? Sue and I watched all the Christians <laughs> not responding and us two broken kids going, okay, we're here. <laughs> we'll help. How, are we helping? Does this help? God goes, I'll use you two because you laid down and you're helping. And then now, as you saw last week, so nice for Sue and I to see our three boys and Sean come in from Melbourne who are all serving God in their generation because we laid down. Lie down. Lie down. Lie down. (laughs) Lie down. Revelation 17 says, they were called, chosen and faithful. Band, you can come on up, everybody. Called, chosen and faithful. Faithful is the bit we all duck out on. Humans duck out. We love the cold bit. Yes, I love to be called. Chosen. Yes, give me a gold star. I want to be chosen. And then Revelation says they were faithful to what they were called to, what they were chosen. Faithful. What does that mean? That means 
You go to church on a Friday night like I did 42 years ago. 42 years ago. Oh my gosh. And I'm still going to church on a Friday night 42 years later. Called chosen. You, you may not be able to give, give me a couple of things, but you can give me faithful. Whatever you want to call me, it doesn't matter. But you can say, Sue and I, we've been faithful. 42 years later, here I am in Friday Night Church. Add the faithful. You've got to add the faithful. Bible says, Matthew 22, many are called, but few are chosen. By the way, he was talking about right there, about sending out to people to the highways and byways, send out my servants, my messengers, bring in the broken, bring in the lost. If you're broken and lost, Jesus says, come on in. There's a banquet at the end of time, marriage supper of the Lamb. And Jesus says, I've got a reservation for you, but you need to take the reservation. You need to take the reservation. And, uh, and the, the Bible's encouraging us too, I believe in the area of many are called to serve God and know Him. All of us are called to work, walk in the purpose that you're created for. You know your gifts, your talents, you didn't come up with them. You know your gift, your talent, your, your IQ, your EQ, your ability with the internet, your ability with finance, with science, with people, with sport. Guess what? You didn't come up with it. God gifted it to you. God gifted it to you. God says, you're going to need that for the purpose that I put you on the planet for. You're going to need that gift. You're going to need that talent. You're going to need that. And he says, in my house, if you give it in the house of God, God goes, I'll sharpen it, I'll shape it. And in time, I'll launch you out to the community in the city with your gifts and your talents. But he's saying, many are called, but few are chosen. Why is that? Because the power is in the response. We respond internally to God and externally. Internally, when I heard the Bible, probably for the second or third time in my life, I was like, wow, okay, that's truth. Haven't heard truth before. And then I heard um, that I needed to be saved. And I was like, yeah, I think that would be true. I need to be forgiven of, of sin. Yeah, a lot of that. Would need that. And then I heard that eternal life, Jesus had come that we might have eternal life. And I'm like, well, this life's already... I was 19. Will I get to 30? That would be crazy <laughs> if I got to 30 then I realized hang on I'm gonna live longer than that God's got wants me to respond to him not just for this life but for the next God's prompting everybody not just to respond in this life but also for the next this is so important what we choose to do now in this life but listen eternity is more important God is always calling us by the way listen to this step by step God is calling you step by step. I didn't get here 42 years later overnight. It took 42 years. <laughs> and uh, doesn't mean it was always rosy, always wonderful, always I loved everything. No, it's hard work because my character had to be developed. I did get some faithfulness happening. Oh my gosh, my dad was unfaithful to his family. He modelled that well to me. His dad modelled that well to me, my grandfather. I had to learn new ways. So I didn't get there overnight, but one step. Okay, Jesus, help me. Here's another step. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me take another step. All right. Help me to love people that I don't like, God. Could you help me with that? God goes, yeah, I'll help you. Okay. Lord, help me to grace, grace me to hang around in church because there's a lot of people smiling in there and I don't feel like smiling. God goes, I'll help you. Come on. <laughs> step by step. 
Everybody, you're not intended to do life alone. You're intended to do life with the Father, with God, and with His people in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. I like in, uh, just further on in that passage, what am I in, Matthew 14? Uh, no, sorry, Matthew 22. Further on the passage, Jesus actually says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And I love it. In verse 32, He says, I'm not the God of the dead, but the living. I'm not the God of the dead, but the living. He's saying, he's saying, in case you're wondering, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are alive. They're alive in eternity. You can't see them in the physical, but they're alive. There's a lot of things that are alive in the heavenlies that we can't see, we can't touch, but they're alive. A lot of things on earth you can't, that are alive. Guess what? Jesus goes, hang on, just in case you're wondering, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, they're alive in eternity. And He's saying, I'm not the God of the dead, but the living. Jesus saying to you tonight, He's the God of those who are alive on the other side. Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And He's saying right now, as the Bible says, it says uh, to be absent from the body, listen, is to be present with the Lord. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I worked in a hospital, used to be working with people who died and were doing their donations of their body and different things. And I was in the mortuary many times and I'd always, and I'd see some people before they died. I'd see them when they checked into the hospital and then they died. And I remember every time seeing these, especially younger people going, oh my gosh, they're not there. That's their body, but they've gone. They're, they're not just sealed in their body dead. They, they, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. The body is completely now like it's, it's nothing because they have left the building. Elvis has left the building. His last couple of thoughts. Give your attention to what God is doing right now. Give your attention to what God is doing right now. Don't say, oh, I'll get round to it. No, you won't. The devil will make sure you don't. There's a devil. He's real. Try to destroy me. I know he's real. He tried to take me right out. Try to take Sue right out. And we had to realise, give your attention right now. If God is in you, coming to you, if you're in His house, if you're in church, give your attention to Him right now. Because it may not come again. I don't know. God calls us, but if he, will, he will ultimately, He's a gentleman. He will give you what you think you want. I'm glad that God kept saying to me, hey, listen, I got better than what you've got. <laughs> God says, I've got better than what you got. A whole lot better. And it'll, it'll fill you up emotionally, spiritually, physically, relationally. God's got better. But response requires movement. If you're going to respond to God and you want God to respond to you, it requires movement. If you want your wife to respond to you, your husband, you are responding at some stage. You're not just like this. (laughs) See, husbands and wives, when they get married, they're not like this on the wedding day. (laughs) They're like looking at each other in love and there's response. How nice people like that with God. God's a God of love and alive and He's alive. And then people are like, and then like, come on, God. And God's like, I don't know what to do with you. Like, do I hug you? What do I do? We're going to say, Lord, I'm responding to you. Lord, I'm responding to you. God, you've got my attention. Lord, I saw that you did that. You did that. You did that. You did this in them. You did this in them. You did that in them. I don't get it all, Lord. But Lord, I'm responding to you. Everybody tonight, God's calling. Thank you so much for joining us online today. 
really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.